0: Hello, and welcome back to another episode of The Josh Carr Show. Today, we'll be talking about Mitch McConnell's health, as well as the question of age limits for Congress members, as well as maybe even the president. We're also going to be talking a little bit about term limits for Congress. Then we're going to be giving a quick review of some of the most kind of the biggest viral moments of the week, including DeSantis going hard at someone uh, in the crowd, uh, Vivek Ramaswamy being uh, on it in the campaign, uh, as he kind of has been for the last little while, as well as Eric Adams being a crybaby about immigration. As always, this episode is sponsored by Gulag America. You can see I'm wearing my favorite shirt today. It is in Spanish. Comment down below if you speak Spanish. Maybe even translate for those who are not Spanish speakers. Again, Gulag America is a premier uh, is the premier sponsor of this show. They are an apparel company. As we go into pumpkin spice season, I encourage everyone to check out gulagamerica.com. If you use my code JoshCar 10 you will get 10% off there. The reason why I mentioned pumpkin spice season is because they have fantastic hoodies. Uh, I will be donning soon. I do live in Utah, so it's still a little warm. Once we get down into the 60s, you know I'm going to be donning it on, uh, on the, uh, the show here. Uh, the clothes are very well-priced, but very high quality. I've washed this shirt over and over again. It's still form-fitting. The collar, you know, with other shirts, that gets wrinkly. It gets weird. This has stayed nice. So if you want to get yourself or a friend, uh, a gift, or a family member, gulagamerica.com is the place to go. All right, talking about Mitch McConnell's health and the question of age limits. Today's story comes from NBC News about Mitch McConnell's health as well as some of the things that he has talked about openly to the press. Uh, As we will further discuss in this episode, it goes much further than Mitch McConnell. It goes to the question of two things, which are, should we have term limits and should we have age limits for our federal uh, employees or our federal officials? So according to NBC, uh, they said, quote, Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell dismissed questions Wednesday about whether he'll retire vowing to serve out his terms as Republican leader and as senator from Kentucky. I have no, this is the quote from him, I have no announcements to make on that subject, he told reporters when he was asked whether he has any plans to retire soon. I'm going to finish my term as leader and I'm going to finish my Senate term. So it should be noted that Mitch McConnell was reelected in 2020, meaning that his Senate term does not end until 2027. So this guy's got a while to go, as many of you have probably heard. He has now had two freeze-ups on camera. I'm actually going to play one in just a second, and it's awkward. They're, they're actually really bad. Um, McConnell is 81 at this point, and the reason people are talking about age limits so much is because he's now frozen on camera, not once, but twice, as I just mentioned. Um, the reporter essentially is just asking away, like they're just asking the question, and McConnell... It happens a little different both times. McConnell starts talking, but he just kind of like trails off and he just stares. And it's really awkward because like his his staff behind him don't really know what's going on. No, Like it's just silence for a good like 10 to 15 seconds. And then eventually you kind of see this awkward like transition where they just kind of grab him. Um, and yeah, they're like, Mitch, you good. and But like you can tell that they're trying to make it so you're not... They they want it to seem like the press is just over, that Mitch McConnell just doesn't want to speak about it, when in reality it's it's like he's having a stroke, which is what happened on the first time. Uh, take a look at this clip to see what happened. This is the second time he froze up. String of... Uh... So as I mentioned, the first time it happened, he literally had a stroke. My understanding is that the second time it happened, it was not a stroke. There's been some release about the, from the doctor saying kind of what happened. And I'm not a doctor, so I'm not going to speak to it. But essentially, Mitch McConnell cannot do press releases very well. Neither can Joe Biden, for that matter. Uh, that, we'll talk about that one in a second. But one interesting thing that is happening with Mitch McConnell's health and the reaction from other Republican senators is that Every single Republican senator that I've seen so far has actually defended Mitch McConnell. That includes Rick Scott, who literally ran against him as minority leader, and Howley, who also opposed him of being the Senate minority leader. Um, What they've spoken to is that he can finish his time of being the leader of the Republicans in the Senate, which is until 2024. So just uh, over a year left on that. What they haven't spoken to is whether or not he is capable of finishing his time as a senator, which obviously that's three years uh, or two, I should say two years past uh, his leadership in the Senate. I also have no doubt that he has the intention of finishing it out, but I wouldn't be surprised if we see in 2024 a special election in Kentucky where he's going to run for, or excuse me, where he's going to retire. And we may see uh, Democrats really make a run at trying to replace Mitch McConnell in Kentucky. I don't see that happening, but it will be interesting to see the kind of leadership that replaces Mitch McConnell since he's been in the Senate for so stinking long. Uh, This essentially brings up the first question though. Should there be age limits? CBS reported that 73% of Americans want age restrictions for members of Congress, and on this point, I differ from the general public. This is why, let me explain. So I disagree with this simply because I don't see the constitutional backing for age limits. And I know many old people, as I'm sure all of you do, who are perfectly capable. Obviously, if we're going to talk about Joe Biden and Mitch McConnell not being capable of leading, then you have to have the discussion of Donald Trump not being capable of leading. And if your natural response is, well, Donald Trump is a lot more sharp than Mitch McConnell and Joe Biden, I agree with that 100%. And for that reason, I don't think age limits are the solution. If Americans don't want old geezers, like they just won't vote for them. And I think we we might be, I mean, the fact that that many Americans are saying that, I think naturally in our system, we're set up in a way where we don't need to put those age limits on, rather people will just, I mean, they'll elect who they want to elect. And there will be people put in. That will be more youthful if that if the Americans really feel that strongly that they don't want old people in the White House or in Congress. I really just think the voters can take care of that. I don't think we need legislation on the books because I see I see really like in in the not so distant future, plenty of really sharp people in their 70s and 80s wanting to run and like they literally just can't and and that's how that just feels wrong to me. Um, but literally, the leader of my church is turning 99 this year. He's super sharp, like he's really on it. He's 99, he's 18 years older, or excuse me, yeah, young, he is, excuse me, he is 18 years older than Mitch McConnell. And I personally have never seen him freeze up like that and he is constantly speaking and on camera and stuff. So I don't really see it as an age thing, I just see it as a health thing. Some people die in their 70s of old age, some people die when they're 100, people go at different times. This essentially now brings us to the second question then, which is should there be term limits for members of Congress as well as Senate? The answer is heck yes. And the reason why is because it's harder to create long-lasting corruption in Congress if you're not there. What you see is like when, if you asked, if you just polled people, who are the most corrupt congressmen and senators? I have a feeling Mitch McConnell would be up there and Nancy Pelosi would be up there. Why? Because they've been in there for so long. They know the name of the game. They've built these, co- these kind of corrupt coalitions. They're day trading. I'm not saying you can't do those things if you haven't served. If you haven't served for a long time, you can still do it if you've only served for one or two terms. But I do think that having fresher faces, generally speaking, you don't get caught up in the minutia of super PACs and donors in the same way as these long, like 40 plus year, I mean, look at Joe Biden, these 40 plus years of being a politician. So for that reason alone, there are other reasons as well, but for that reason alone, I think absolutely. It happens in any organization. Like newcomers, they come in, they see how things are being done, they get kind of trained up, they, you know, they're green for a while and they don't wanna like ruffle any feathers, but after a little while they start to look around and they start to realize like why are we doing it this way? And they wanna make a mark too, they wanna to have their name out there. But the longer you go, the le- I think in my opinion, the less you wanna change it. You're part of it now, you're not outside of it. When you enter a new company, in my experience, I wanna make changes happen. I'm seeing these things, I'm like why have you done that this way for so long and everyone else is like, I don't know, It's just always what we've done. I think the same thing happens in Congress. The more fresh faces we get in there, the more movement we'll see, the less corruption, and the more people are going to be trying to establish themselves, which is actually, in my opinion, a good thing and will lead to less corruption. Some say it would be too chaotic. Like the the biggest argument against it, it's just too chaotic. Too many people are going to be coming in and out. I think the term limits should be generous, meaning I think members of Congress ought to be able to be in Congress for. Um, at least maybe 15, 20 years. What I'm talking about is the Nancy Pelosi's or the Joe Biden's who are in for like 40 years. That's what we should get rid of. Obviously, the system is built for gridlock in a certain sense. And so I don't believe that we're gonna see crazy changes just because we're having new congressmen and senators in. Uh, It's hard enough to get bills through Congress already. And I think that's by design and that's a good thing. But I think this way it will lessen corruption and it will allow politicians to kind of shake things up in a way that they can't do when there's like in Congress, if there's like 50 congressmen who've just been there for 40 plus years and they're just running the show. So that is everything on Mitch McConnell's health. Uh, I wish him a speedy recovery. Hopefully he's doing well. And hopefully we get term limits soon so we don't have people serving for so long and uh, creating corruption in Congress. Now, I want to quickly review the top moments of the week, as well as review what is going on in the 2024 election, starting off with Ron DeSantis, and I'm going to show a clip for this as well. Governor DeSantis was asked a question over the weekend at a simple press conference, and this person went hard on him, and they said some things that were not true, and rather than describing them, I want you to take a look and just see how DeSantis goes on this guy. Take a look.
1: First of of all, all, I I did not allow anything with that. Well, listen, excuse me. I'm not going to let you accuse me of committing criminal activity. I am not going to take that. I am not going to take that. So you you should, you want to have a civil conversation. That's one thing. Try to say that I'm letting, that guy was Baker acted. He should have been, he should have been ruled ineligible, but they didn't involuntarily commit him. And so they weren't. No, no, I don't, no, no. There is the truth. There is something about the truth. It's not everyone doesn't have their own truth. No. You don't get to come here and and, and blame me for some madman. That is not appropriate. And I'm not going to accept it. Oh, that is nonsense. That is such nonsense.
0: Okay, so if DeSantis goes hard at people like this, his numbers are going to go up. You could see, so a lot of the critique, critique, excuse me, of DeSantis right now is that DeSantis is kind of dry. He, uh, he's not like Trumpy enough where, you know, he's got good policy, but he's just kind of dry. His personality is not good. You could see something shift in this, right? Obviously, as a politician, you go to these press releases with a certain agenda and a narrative that you're going to be pushing. But you get a question like that and you go off script. And when Donald Trump goes off script, for example, it tends to actually be pretty good especially in his campaigning. Maybe as president, not so much, but in his campaigning, it goes well, especially when you're talking to the media. DeSantis, when he went off script, was awesome. You could see it flicker in him, kind of a switch being turned from politician with this kind of set narrative and what his team told him to say and you know what they brainstormed up to, do not say that. like You just outright lied and I'm going to destroy you. And it was awesome. Like that is, yes, that is what we wanted. That is what, I mean, looking at DeSantis before he started his campaign, it was those things that I looked at and I was like, oh, I'm sold on DeSantis. I mean, he was going in. And so seeing that video reminded me of why myself and a lot of other people really liked DeSantis. And I think that if he can do that more, he will do better, especially, this is the the thing that I'm playing out in my mind. Most likely, now things could change, but most likely, It's going to come down to Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis on the debate floor. I think that will happen. I think Donald Trump will debate him at least once, probably just once. If Donald Trump says something stupid, which I got to say, a lot of Donald Trump's arguments against Ron DeSantis are really bad. Like, you're not loyal. That's like the dumbest thing I've ever heard in politics. Anyone who thinks that there's loyalty, like you can't run against someone else in an office is idiotic, but... Putting that aside, if he says something like that, if Ron DeSantis takes the opportunity to stop trying to be so presidential, to stop being politician-y, and to just lay into Donald Trump, I think his numbers would skyrocket. I'm talking like 20 points. I think if Donald Trump said something just stupid and Ron DeSantis looked back at him and said, you're an idiot, that was the stupidest thing you ever said, and I'm going to tell you why, and just ripped into him, I think that would be freaking awesome. And I think that at this point is probably the only way Ron DeSantis comes back from his campaign. Hasn't been great. We've talked about it before. This is, in my opinion, the only way he comes back. Because I I think he's got a really good shot at beating Joe Biden if he's the nominee. I don't think he needs to worry about that. I think independents, for the most part, sold on him. A few Democrats as well. But he's got to win the nomination. That is the real battle. And at this point, he needs to go toe to toe with Trump and show people I am better than Trump, and that is the way to do it. So, I, I not only would that be not only would that be awesome for Ron DeSantis, but that'd be awesome for all of us. Let me just sit, let me just speak for the whole country. That would be so freaking cool to see. That would be hilarious. That would be like <laughs> the best outcome ever. So, I'm uh, I'm I'm looking forward to that. I hope it happens. I'll message the DeSantis team. All of you can message him too, and uh, maybe it'll get done. We'll see. All right, next up, I'm going to play a clip for this as well because it was pretty cute. Vivek Ramaswamy has still been campaigning as hard as ever. Uh, I mean, if you haven't been on the internet lately, then you, you wouldn't have seen it. It's filled with interviews with Vivek Ramaswamy and people or journalists. In fact, I'm going to be doing a video later this week where next week I should say where uh, about Vivek Ramaswamy's interview with Hassan on MSNBC it was really fiery it was really good a viral clip has been everywhere about a 10 year old girl asking Vivek Ramaswamy about his foreign policy I want to show it for everyone because it was a viral moment of the week take a look
1: when you're president what are you going to do about like what are you going to do when China attacks Taiwan oh God, that's tough, that's tough. <laughs> okay, what's your what's your, what's your name? Grace. Grace, and how old are
0: you?
1: Ten. Let's give Grace a round of applause. I love that. I respect that. So my top job is – I've got a few elements of my foreign policy that relates to the direct answer to your question. Declare economic independence from China, including Taiwan. Make sure that we don't start World War III and actually advance American interests to alliances with countries that
0: actually share our vision for this? So obviously a good answer uh, on its face, but the reason why I'm highlighting it is you can see Vivek is leaning into that Obama-like charisma a lot. I mean, this is a really Obama-like thing to do. And a lot of conservatives might hear that and be like, ooh, like, no, not Obama. But Obama was really good at campaigning, and he was really good at that charisma. So I don't say that as an insult. That, that's a good thing. Obama was a very successful politician, even if I literally hate everything he stood for. So I think that will favor him overall. I think he should keep doing that. He campaigns like an animal, whether you agree with him or not. I mean, he is an animal campaigner. The fact that he's beating out the former vice president of the United States and the UN ambassador and a senator and a governor, I mean, I mean that is impressive. Uh, it goes back to what I was saying about age limits on Congress, though. If younger guys get into the race, they may win simply because they've got the stamina to do so. Vivek Ramaswamy is the youngest guy in there. And I would argue his campaign is the best. I mean, he's just freaking going. And he doesn't look tired either. He's just going. He's going, he's going. Perhaps my my YouTube algorithm is just like set for Vivek Ramaswamy. But I really try to find stuff with like Tim Scott and Mike Pence. And they just, it's like for every one event they do, Vivek has done five already. And so, again, going back to the the age limits and stuff. I mean, I think Vivek Ramaswamy is young. Therefore, he's going to have an advantage over the old guys anyway. Um, last story of the week, this one was perhaps the most like maddening, but also good to see in a way, because I think a lot of independents and even liberals are going to see this and be like, bro, are you serious? Which is Eric Adams is a total crybaby. Eric Adams is an idiot. You'll remember that he and other progressive city mayors, they go on and on and on about how immigrants are welcome in their city said, like sanctuary city. I don't know if you guys know what a sanctuary is. Or excuse me, I don't know if Eric Adams knows what a sanctuary is. But a sanctuary is where you are welcomed. You're there because perhaps you've been on a difficult journey. You've had a hard time. And you're going there to be safe, to be taken care of. Well, Republican governors who are having to deal with millions of immigrants because the federal government refuses to actually enforce their southern border, literally one of the characteristics that makes a nation a nation, Republican governors who are having to deal with millions of immigrants decided to put those progressive mayors' money where their mouth is by bussing immigrants up there. Okay, so that includes uh, Chicago, especially DC, New York. Eric, Eric Adams is the mayor of New York. This is what Eric Adams said about migrants being bussed up there this week. You ready for this? Quote This issue will destroy New York City or. Getting 10,000 migrants a month. Now, again, people from all over the globe have made up their minds that they're going to come through the southern part of the border and come into New York City. He said that at a town hall on Wednesday. Oh, it, like, like, how the turntables turn, you know? <laughs> Mayor Adams. Like, he said he's a sanctuary city and he can't even handle it. He literally cannot handle the 10,000. Immigrants being bused up there. What about the millions that are going into Texas? What happened to the sanctuary city? It's easy to say. It's easy to be self-righteous and talk about treating these immigrants just like so hospitably. When you okay, and this is the other crazy thing: you've got millions, tens of millions of people in New York. You've got money that those tiny towns in Arizona and Texas do not have, and you can't handle ten thousand immigrants. Imagine those tiny towns in Texas and Arizona who are taking on millions while you've only taken on tens of thousands. Personally, I believe that sending migrants to New York City is one of the best political moves in history to show off the hypocrisy of the progressive left and the rules for the, but not for me mentality. That is the rule. Like, You're an awful person if you're not empathetic, you're not compassionate, if you want immigrants to stay in their own countries and not come over illegally. You're an awful person if you do that. But. Don't send them to me. If you send them to me with way more resources and way more people, then that's going to ruin my city. But you have the responsibility to take care of them. It showed off their hypocrisy. And finally, the reason why I say it's a great political move is because Rhonda DeSantis and Greg Abbott especially have really leaned into it and they just keep going. And eventually you're seeing Eric Adams cave. And I think there's a lot of people who are noticing it and they're kind of fed up. I think as soon as the 2024 election happens, immigration is gonna have a big switch. The American public are not happy with an open Southern border as a whole. Thank you so much for watching everyone. As always, go check out gulagamerica.com if you want some sweet clothes. It's a great price, great, great quality. Use my code JOSHCAR10 for 10% off. As well as please comment down below. Tell me what you thought about the episode. I love hearing your disagreements, especially. I love talking one-on-one with you. So please reach out. Uh, I would love to answer any questions or comments that you put down in the comment section as well as subscribe if you got some value out of this video. Thanks, guys.